How you guys doing? All right. Well, I'm excited to be here on a Wednesday. It's always a privilege uh, and an honor to be here in Lorraine. Uh, we always like to start our services off in Wycliffe by saying, joy is your compass and Jesus is your destination. Amen? Okay. Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Oh, that's all right. You're right on time, man. You're not late. All right. Well, let's open up in prayer. Father, we thank you right now, uh, and we surrender this time to you, Lord. We surrender to your leading, Father. I pray, Father, that you would open up our ears, Lord, to hear your voice, God, and, and open our spirits to receive it and to digest it. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen, amen, amen. Well, that video was pretty awesome. Like, ladies, you, got, you excited about the end of this month? Like your conference? That's pretty, uh, that's pretty dope. Um, you know, the women's conferences, I'm going to have to start crashing them because, like, like y'all do cool stuff. It's called fearless, but, you know, you guys, you guys do some pretty uh, safe stuff. You know, like you eat off of charcuterie boards and and do t trivia games, and the decor looks all nice. And, you know, Courage Company, we always end up out in the woods, <laughs> in the middle of the forest, we'll in the middle of the night. <laughs> and I know I've said it to you guys before, you know what I mean? Like, I'm just not that guy. I'm not, like, excited to be out in the forest in the middle of the night, like, 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 no shower for a couple days and sleeping on the ground and you know it's just not me you know I'm not that dude so but somebody told me that if you want cool stories you got to do cool stuff and so I, I, I go on Courage Company events and do cool stuff you know another another reason that I'm not okay with a lot of the the the, the overnights and, and hanging out in the woods is because you know I'm 48 years old and I got a baby bladder and so oh you know <laughs> And so I get up like three or four times a night to go to the bathroom, and, and I don't know if you've ever been out in the middle of the woods in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, but, but it's spooky. It's kind of scary. And, you know, I go camping with a bunch of men-men, and I'm just a man. And so I can't go, I couldn't imagine looking over at Adrian in the middle of the night and saying, hey, you gotta go to the bathroom? <laughs> he would probably choke me out right there. <laughs> but <laughs> and so my mind is mean to me and I think when I go out there, there's like this 400 foot Chewbacca-saurus looking at me ready to feed on me and, and so I'm not okay with some of the Courage Company stuff we have going on. <laughs> how many tent, how many people are about that tent life? I'm not about that tent life. How many guys are about that tent life? Yes, Nick, you are. <laughs> yeah, I'm not about that tent life, but you know who was about that tent life? It was Moses. Moses was about that tent life. If you got your Bibles, go with me today to Exodus 33, 7 through 11. The title of my message today is Stay at the Tent. Stay at the Tent. And it says, Now Moses 
used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it the tent of meeting. Anyone inquiring of the Lord would go to that tent of meeting outside the camp. And whenever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances of their tents, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at the entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance of the tent, they all stood and worshipped, each at the entrance to their tent. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young age, Joshua, son of Nun, didn't leave the tent. Now, when I read through Exodus, I don't know if you feel this way, but when I read through Exodus, I always seem to focus on Moses, right? Like his wilderness training and, and his leadership. And what, after 430 years, uh, you know, he was, he was raised up by God to lead the Israelites out of Egypt. He set Exodus in motion. His relationship with God, the glory that was on his face. I mean, he's the recorder of the Ten Commandments. It's hard not to focus on Moses, right? He's got respectable stats. But there's a verse here tucked away at the end of this passage that stood out to me. And it's verse 11 when it says, Then Moses would return to the camp, but his young age Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. So while all the people were focused on Moses coming forth from God's presence, I'm sure with words of wisdom and, and probably some rebuke for their behavior because they had just finished constructing a golden calf and worshiping this calf, so probably some words, uh, some rebuke, it says that Joshua lingered at the tent. Scripture never even tells us that Joshua went to the tent. It says, and whenever Moses went out to the tent. But let me give you a little context about uh, Joshua. Joshua was born as a slave while in, uh, the Israelites were in Egypt. He grew up among the people of God, hearing about all the promises of God. He would have heard about the land that was promised to him, uh, to his people. At the same time, he was in this situation, though, uh, that the promises seemed pretty far removed from where he was. Eventually, God raises up Moses. After 430 years of slavery, Moses is called to lead Israel out of Egypt. So after this long journey and, and a lot of challenges and a bunch of complaining, they crossed the Red Sea. This is a great escape through the Red Sea. And after this, this is where they encountered their first battle with the Amalekites. And this is where we are introduced to Joshua for the first time. The Bible says that Moses tells Joshua to choose some men and lead the Israelites in battle. And Joshua ends up becoming the general of the army. 
All right, this is the battle where, where Moses has the rod of God and, and he's holding it up. And as long as he has that rod up, uh, the Israelites have the advantage. And, and whenever it comes down, the, the Amalekites have the advantage. And so Aaron and her are holding his arms up. This is that battle. And, and, and Joshua gets to experience this mighty victory of God. So Joshua... You know, after this, they move the people to the, God moves the people to the foot of Mount Sinai and, and, and then where they dwell there for a couple of years. They live there for a couple of years. He gives them the law. And from that point on, we actually hear, uh, they mention Moses and Joshua. They're often really mentioned together. So this is where we hear, uh, we, we come into Joshua. Joshua was always there. Right? He was promoted from slavery to sonship. And this gave him a VIP all-access pass, right, behind the velvet rope. He had, he had a privileged position with Moses. How many of you know today that we're in privileged positions? Amen. That we're in privileged positions. That, that we are loved so much that he did the unthinkable to come give us an all-access pass at the tent. That we don't have to go to some structure outside of our house or outside of our neighborhood, but that we have the privilege to dwell in his presence whenever and wherever we are. Amen? He's a good father. All we have to do is call in the name of Jesus, and he shows up. Powerful spiritual breakthroughs happen when we lean in and patiently desire to be with him. But we have to stay at the tent. Like Joshua, in order to enjoy the presence of the Lord at the tent, first thing we have to do is we have to seek intimacy with God. We got to seek intimacy with God. David says in Psalms 27:4, one thing I've desired of the Lord, that will I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. Intimacy is what we call the experience of really knowing and being known by another person. And we often use space to describe this experience. Well, how many of you guys know that intimacy, intimacy isn't, isn't spatial, it's relational, right? It's relational. I mean, you can, be, you can be married for years and find out that you're living with a stranger. And then at the same time, you can feel close to somebody who's 2,000 miles away. A couple of months ago, I had the uh, privilege of meeting one of our first-time visitors at the Cleveland location. It was a midweek, and her name's Melanie. Uh, she's from California. And after talking to her for a while, I found out that she was best friends with uh, Erica, who plays the keys at, uh, uh, during midweeks, and she actually is part of our worship team out in Wycliffe. I found out that they were best friends for 25 years. But they had just met the week prior to that night. 
They became friends on an online group that they were part of. And so for 25 years, these two women were best friends. And you, you would have never known that they had just met by the way that they talked and the way that they, they laughed and loved each other. Like, I thought that they had just grew up together. But they had just met. Had been friends for 25 years. It's relational. Joshua was in a privileged position. Joshua... He was in an intimate relationship with Moses, and Moses was in an intimate relationship with God. But that wasn't enough for Joshua. He didn't want to watch from afar. He desired his own intimate relationship with God, and so it says that he stayed at the tent. He desired that intimate relationship for himself. You have to desire that intimate relationship for yourself. You can't get it from your grandmama. You can't get it from your mama. You can't get it from the pastor. You have to desire that intimate relationship for yourself. Amen? You see, gathering here on Sundays is is important. We get to hang out. We get to come in in the morning, get donuts and coffee and, and talk out in the lobby. We get to come in here. We got an amazing worship team that gives us an amazing worship experience and ushers the presence of the Lord in. You get a great word from the, from the pastor up here. We get to hang out in fellowship afterwards, but that's not enough. That's still not enough. What matters is how often you get back to the tent, back in his presence, Monday through Saturday. That's what matters. Sundays are just scratching the surface. We have to get to a place where our objective in life is to stop believing that anything will bring us more pleasure than intimately knowing God. And being in an intimate relationship with him. And we have to be so convinced of that, that we pursue him more than anything else on this earth. If we don't choose to stay at the tent, our lives are just completely accessible to the enemy. The longer we're away from the tent, the easier it is for him to creep in. There's some things that we fall into, sin that we fall into, that we know go against what God wants for us. But we love it so much that we allow it back into our lives week after week. But I want you to just consider the possibility that intimacy with God will bring you more pleasure than that sin ever will. Some of us are here tonight with with, with so many problems, and it's only Wednesday with so many problems that our greatest desire tonight, you would say, is if I could just get rid rid of this problem, if I could just fix this problem, my life would be better. I want you to just be open to the idea that if you came to know God more intimately, 
it would be greater than fixing that problem. Just knowing him is enough. Joshua, the servant of Moses, who walked with him, learned everything he could from this great man of God, did not leave the tent of meeting when Moses went back to the camp because he knew that there was more. He knew that there was more there. We have to know that there's more, right? We have to know that that, that we're dealing with El Shaddai, the God who's more than enough. He wanted to experience God for himself. He wanted this intimate relationship for himself. Joshua's basic training was living with Moses, experiencing firsthand what it looked like to seek time with God and what it meant to lead God's people. It was discipleship at its finest. He was able to experience bread from heaven. He was able to experience water from a rock. He experienced battles being won by the mighty hand of God. He knew there was benefits, but he also knew from what he witnessed that there's no benefits without intimacy. There's no benefits without intimacy. Matthew 6.33 says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. There's benefits attached to an intimate relationship with Jesus, but you got to get in the face of Jesus and linger in his presence. You have to get back to the tent as often as possible and linger in his presence. And it doesn't matter who walks away, you got to stay at the tent. It doesn't matter who turns their back on you, you have to stay at the tent. It don't matter if they say we're going out drinking, you have to stay at the tent. It don't matter who's posting whatever they want to post on social media, you got to turn your back on that and stay at the tent, amen? We have to seek intimacy with God. Second, like Joshua, in order to enjoy the presence of the Lord, we have to eliminate hurry and be in the moment. We got to eliminate hurry and be in the moment. How many of y'all know that that God ain't in a hurry? God ain't in no hurry. (laughs) Now, I don't know about any of you, but I find myself hurrying everywhere I go. Like, I caught myself the other day in my house fast walking, looking for something. I was like, why are you fast walking in your house? The other day, uh, it was, I think last week we were sitting in a meeting. We have our, our meetings on Tuesdays. And I was sitting there before the meeting. And you ever done this where you're, you're like just sitting there? And Pastor Troy slid into my view. And he was like, it's going to be okay. What he saw was my mind running a million miles per, per minute, you know what I mean? And I was standing still. I was everywhere else but, but right there in the moment. We have to eliminate hurry in our lives. And God's dealing with me. He's working on me. You know, most of the time I preach, uh, I'm, I'm talking to myself, and if it helps you guys out, great. <laughs> 
but not long ago, I, I, I had one of those weeks where I had, you know, booked some things for my week. I put some things on my, on my calendar that I probably shouldn't have. And then a couple of other things like wrote themselves on my, on my calendar. And before I knew it, I was rushing around all week. You know, I was in this hurry, just rushing, getting from point A to point B. And I think it was like mid, midweek, um, you know, the Lord woke me up in the morning, probably about 5 a.m. in the morning, and he just said, walk with me. Walk with me. And I remember getting out of bed, and I was like, yeah, that's great. I do want to walk with you because I got a lot of stuff to talk to you about. I don't know what's going on in my life right now, you know, so let's go for a walk. And so I got up, I got dressed, I put my shoes on, and I'm headed out the door, and I got down the road, got around the corner, and, you know, I remember the Lord saying, hey, I said, walk with me. And I was like, yeah, I am. Come on. <laughs> well, how many of you know that's not how that works? <laughs> that's not how that works. We need to slow down and learn to walk with him. To walk with him. Like, we're not going to rush God, and we can't enjoy him if we're in a rush. One Friday morning during prayer, we have prayer here um, on Friday mornings, and Miss Jackie said something. Is she here tonight? No, I don't see her. She, uh, during prayer, she said, um, she said, Lord, help us, help us to walk in the, in the rhythm of heaven. Yeah, in the rhythm of heaven. And man, I remember my spirit just leapt. It was, I was like, yeah. Yeah, that's good right there. Help, help us walk in the rhythm of heaven because I believe it. I believe there's, there's a rhythm of heaven. I believe there's a, a speed of love. And I think it's 2.5 miles per hour. 2.5 miles per hour. That's the speed of an average human walking. I'll explain that in a minute. But I think that we need to desire to walk in God's rhythm, in the, in the rhythm of heaven, in order to truly commune with him throughout the day. We can't be walking at our own speed. Pastor Michelle and I, um, in September, we had the opportunity to go to Hawaii for our anniversary. And I remember one morning we were sitting there and we were just kind of watching Everybody cruise around, you know, we're watching the natives. And I remember looking over at her and I thought, I think this is heaven's waiting room. Because everybody was at 2.5. Nobody was rushing around. Everybody was aloha, mahalo. <laughs> Nobody's rushing around. See, when we run around, we're not able to enjoy the present of the present that God is offering Today's a gift. The most important moment is January 11th at 8.01. It's right now. Right now is the most important moment. But we get so caught up thinking about what we got to do that we don't enjoy 
what we're doing. We can't enjoy the moment. If you really want to make the devil mad, start enjoying your day every just, just slow down. Just slow down and start enjoying your day. He can't stand to see you happy. You should, this year, 2023, should be the year that you slow down and just begin to enjoy God's presence every day. It'll make the devil mad. You see, the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy, and he knows that if he can keep us running around and keep us busy, he can steal your peace and, and, and destroy your day. You got to slow down. Just downshift. Get back to the tent and linger. Drink your coffee slow in the morning. Chew on the word long. Just slow down. Eliminate hurry. Jesus wasn't running around healing people from town to town. Like he wasn't running around healing and, and raising the dead and, and doing miracles. He walked. He didn't even run on water. The Bible says he walked on water. We got to slow down. He walked because he was at perfect peace all the time. Everywhere he went, he was at perfect peace. Our worry and our anxiety can't share space with Jesus because he is peace. Amen? He is peace. When we slow down and walk, worry, anxiety, it has to go. It can't stay with Jesus. When we just slow down and walk with him, we eliminate those things in our lives. We're in a culture, though, that conditions us to be comfortable with noise and always staying busy. But silence, solitude, and stillness was undeniable in Jesus' life. It was undeniable. He got away with his daddy often and spent time with him. Moses was a leader of nation, of a nation, and he still got away to be with Jesus. Exodus 24, 12 through 13 says, The Lord said to Moses, Come up to me on the mountain and stay here, and I'll give you the tablets of stone with the law and commandments I have written for their instruction. Then Moses set out with Joshua, his aide. There's Joshua again. And Moses went up on the mountain of God. The Bible says that they were there for 40 days and 40 nights. Now, how would you like that? I call you up here and ask you to meet me up at the church. I got to talk to you and give you a couple things. And then when you get here, I talk to you for 30 days, 40 days and 40 nights. Joshua didn't get like a heads up, like to bring a change of clothes or anything. God chose Moses and Moses said, here I am. Take all the time you need, Lord. Take all the time you need. I'm going to sit right here in your presence. God's not in a hurry. In fact, he took 60 years 
to prepare Joshua 20 years in Egypt and 40 years in the wilderness before they even stepped into their promise. If we could just get out of the, the hurry state of mind, we'd be more aware of God's presence. And man, I'm telling you, I want, I want that more than anything, just to be aware of his presence. I mean, to be aware every moment, right? And, and maybe we can't be aware every moment because life is going on all around us, but, but very frequently, I just want to be aware of his presence, to be drawn back to the fact that, that God is with us. God is with us. Right? It's just something that we should desire all the time to remember that he's with us. He's only one thought away. God is always only one thought away. You're never alone. <laughs> when Joshua went up on the mountain, with Moses, he was being trained. He was being trained up there on communing with God. And like Moses, we got to climb mountains and we need to sit in God's presence and we need to pull a generation up with us. Amen? Joshua had been in this place of worship before, see? So that's how he knew how sweet it was. That's how he knew how sweet it was and, and how to respond in reverence at the tent. Because he had been there before with, with Moses. He knew how to sit still. He knew how to live Psalm 46.10. It says, be still and know that I am God. I'll be exalted among the nations. I'll be exalted in the earth. Our stillness breeds patience which is just a, a quiet waiting on God to move. That's all it is. Our stillness breeds patience. We've got to be confident that God is working right there in the wait. Amen? Moses evidenced an intimate fellowship with God, leading Joshua to seek, revere, obey, and trust in the Lord. There's, there's a lot of ingredients in each relationship. There's a bunch of ingredients in, in each relationship that we have, but the one ingredient that's common in each relationship is trust. In each intimate relationship, that one ingredient that's common is trust. Trust is the heart of intimacy. Jeremiah 17, 7 says, Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord and whose hope is the Lord. Because of Joshua's intimate time with God, there was a, a confident trust that he had. There was a confident trust in the Lord, which, which ultimately led him and Caleb to leading an entire nation into the promise. You have to have a confident trust in what the Lord is doing in your life. But it, you can only get it by being still and sitting at the tent. We got to slow down and and recognize that greatness comes from God, and lingering at the tent is essential. If we're going to impact this world, it can't happen apart from the will of God. Amen? 
Stand with me as I close. We got to start, uh, we got to start lingering at the tent church. We have to linger at the tent. To remain at the tent is to remain in the presence of God. We have to look for times of intimacy and take advantage of every moment. Amen. We can't hurry worship. When you go to worship in the morning, come. Prepare to spend time. Set your alarm a half hour earlier. Be prepared to come and sit with Jesus. You got to come often. You got to make it a habit of lingering in his presence every day. Listen for his voice. He speaks in a still, small voice that can sometimes only be heard when you remove all the clutter and all the noise from your life. See, it's our duty and responsibility to witness to a generation and teach them how to seek, respond, and conduct themselves in the presence of our King. So this week, I pray that we would stay at the tent longer. You know, maybe our moms didn't stay at the tent. Maybe our fathers didn't stay at the tent. But we got to stay at the tent. We need to stay at the tent longer. I mean, you take a look around you right now. There's more than 50, 60 tents in here right now. You are the tent. So I encourage you this week just to let him move in. Let him move in. Become a moldable vessel for the Lord. Amen. If you've never invited him in, Maybe you've just been closed up for a season. And you need a fresh start. We can do that tonight. If everybody just close their eyes and repeat after me. Lord Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and transform me. Holy Spirit, lead me and guide me. I declare from this day on, I live for you. Spend some time at the tent this week. Don't allow the things of this world to keep you in a hurry that hurry state of mind. Amen. We'd love to pray with you today if you have any anything you want prayer for.
We're going to have some of our pastors and altar ministers come up today. Father, that you would just help us get back to that place where we would experience you in a new way. Our only desire, Lord, is just to know you better. We accept our invitations today, Father, up to the mountain. We just want to see your face. Pray this week, Father, that you would help us eliminate all the clutter in our minds and in our lives, God. So that we can sit with you. We know that in your presence, God, there's healing. We know that in your presence, Father, there's restoration. There's joy. There's peace. this week, God, speak to us. Our ears are open. Our hearts are open. I declare that anxiety and depression and fear and doubt have to go tonight in the name of Jesus that it can't share space with our King. So Father, we thank you for all that you're doing in our lives and all that you will do. We love you and we bless you tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you guys for being here tonight. Look forward to seeing you this Sunday at all four of our locations, remember to live right, love everybody, and pray hard.